This is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. From North State Public Radio in Northern California, I'm Jennifer Jewell. This week, we continue our exploration of the different ways in which we as gardeners grow, together in our gardening practices in different ways. Gardener Nancy Goldman of the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon describes an upcoming lecture hosted by the group and captures the joy and curiosity of our love of garden-based lifelong learning. It's all about the people and the plants. It's an organization of people who are very sharing, want to learn about gardening, want to share what they know about gardening, want to look at gardens together. And then it's the educational part that's just as important. Those two are the things that that are really what Hardy Plant Society is all about. We'll be right back. This is Cultivating Place. I'm Jennifer Jewell. This week, we continue our exploration of the different ways in which we as gardeners grow, together in our gardening practices in different ways, in societies, on social media, through books, in lectures and workshops, by listening to podcasts. We gardeners extend our roots in these winter months just as our plant companions do. Today, we're joined by Portland-area gardener Nancy Goldman, speaking with us about the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon, of which she's an active member and has served in various leadership roles over the years. She talks to us about their many programs and annual outreach efforts to help members and guests gather and grow. The Hardy Plant Society of Oregon is just one of many, many versions of plant societies and garden clubs around the country working to collectively learn and spread the knowledge of horticulture and our deep connection to plants to an ever-widening audience. Garden and plant groups, clubs, societies, these are interesting, energetic, plant-loving human communities from which we as individual gardeners can learn and grow. Nancy joins us today from the studios of Oregon Public Broadcasting in Portland. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you. Glad to be here. So let's get started by having you describe your work with the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon and tell listeners just what is a study weekend? Well, I joined the Hardy Plant Society in 1990, and I did so because I read in the paper they were doing a garden tour, and I thought, oh, that would be interesting. And I tried to sign up, and it was already sold out. So members got first choice. So I thought, oh, I'm going to join the organization. I eventually was on the board for 14 years, president for four years, went back on the board for two more years, and I'm still very involved in Hardy Plant and many of its activities on different committees and on the study weekend committee. I'm a co-chair. And what is a study weekend? Well, it's... An opportunity for 450 to 500 avid gardeners to get together from all over the U.S. and Canada, you know, just to talk about plants and gardens and learn. And it's it's really good to see old friends, too, because a lot of people go 
every year. Mm-hmm. We have wonderful speakers. We have plant sales, book sales, botanical displays, and open gardens, a wonderful soiree on Saturday night. It's just a wonderful, full, fun-packed weekend. Yeah. What? So it's two full days, or does it start on Friday and end on Sunday? Well, this year, it's June 28th through the 30th. It begins on Friday. It begins in the morning with workshops at some local horticultural sites. Then there are garden tours, mid-morning to mid-afternoon. Then you show up around 3 o'clock and get your packet and buy plants and um, participate in the silent auction. And then there's a reception. And then Tom Fisher is our opening speaker Friday night. Mm, Tom Fisher being the editor of Timber Press. He is the senior acquisitions editor. And he has a wonderful history of horticultural publishing, writing, knowledge. He is a accomplished plantsman himself, I would say. Oh, his garden is fabulous. He is a wonderful plantsman and a great speaker. Yeah, yeah. So he's your your keynote speaker on the Friday evening? Correct. And then tell us about Saturday and Sunday. So we come back Saturday morning bright and early. There are three speakers on Saturday, Patrick Kalina, Leslie Bennett, and Kelly North. And you, again, have opportunities to buy plants and buy books. And then there are open gardens that afternoon, different open gardens on Friday, a whole new set of open gardens. And then that evening is the soiree at a wonderful nursery in Portland, Pomerius Nursery, kind of a European nursery. Mm-hmm. So, again, a great opportunity for everyone to get together and just enjoy buying plants again (laughs) (laughs) and talking about them and spending time with other hort heads. Yeah. And then Sunday wraps up the the event. Right. We're there bright and early again Sunday morning for two speakers, Claire Takash and Dr. Linda Chalker-Scott, and then more open gardens, and then... We say goodbye. Oh. And look forward to the next one. Yeah. And we are speaking about this in part because tickets go on sale in February. And as you noted, in 1990, these events for the Hardy Plant Society sell out. So if you're interested in attending something like this, this is a great time to look into it. In terms of the study weekend, I want to go back a little bit and get a little bit more history on the society. But for this year and any year, is there a theme Mm -hmm. that that the committee putting the study weekend together chooses so that the, the educational aspect of the weekend has a focus, Nancy? Yes, indeed. Uh, this year it's gardening reimagined. Mm. And when you say that, what, what comes to mind for you? Well, there's just a lot of things happening like climate and, you know, low water or we're having really much warmer summers here in Portland So how would we adapt to that? How would we look at gardens differently? For instance, Claire Takish is going to be showing fabulous photos from around the world. She's a well-known 
award-winning garden photographer. Mm -hmm. And she's based originally from Australia. Yes. Yeah. The Gardens Reimagined uh, is the theme for this year. Mm -hmm. Give us a little bit of history on the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon. When was it founded? Why was it founded? And, And what is its mission? So it was founded in 1984, and that's when the first study weekend was held also. Mm. And from past records, I've read that 32 people met, people who had an interest in getting groups of garden people together, and they started the Hardy Plant Society, which is a nonprofit organization. It was inspired by and named in honor of the UK's Hardy Plant Society. Mm-hmm. And that's why well, the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon versus the correct. other. Right, right. Correct. Okay. <laughs> and there are sister organizations, too, but they have slightly different names. There's one in Vancouver, B.C., one in Victoria, B.C., one in Seattle. And they do also participate in offering study weekends in other years. Mm, okay. Our byline is Gardeners Growing Together and We started out with 32 people, and we now have over 2,700 members. And are they almost all in the state of Oregon, or are they all over over the country? Well, most are from Oregon or Washington, but from all over the country. We even have international members. People enjoy getting our quarterly magazine that tells what's happening, very informational. So it... It even appeals to people who aren't actually in Portland or in Oregon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Different horticultural societies have different kind of aims. Yours is called the Hardy Plant Society. What, first of all, describe what are hardy plants for you there in Oregon, and why is that your, your name versus the Horticultural Society of Oregon or something else? Well, hardy means perennial, so it was really formed to focus on perennials and gardening with perennials and providing education. But it's become more than that, more than just perennials. We do a lot of different programs. We do great. We bring in great speakers. We have plant sales. We have a fabulous plant sale in April, which is called Hortlandia with 70-plus vendors, plant vendors, and also garden art vendors. Mm -hmm. And we have great publications, and we have open gardens. That's the thing that people really love. Even if you aren't a gardener, you might want to join just so you could go to member gardeners throughout the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a year-round organization, so you, you meet on what kind of basis throughout the year and have meetings? Well, we have programs, educational programs. We had one in January. Lisa Port, who is a um, landscape designer from Seattle, spoke, and it was sold out with over 300 people. We have... Um, That's our winter program. We have a special program coming up March 3rd with the Queens Gardener from Windsor Great Park, John Anderson. And we already are half filled for that program, so we had to find a bigger venue. (laughs) We're expecting at least 500 to sign up for that. Then we have the study weekend coming up. 
We also have a fall plant fest, which is much smaller, maybe eight to nine plant vendors, but we always have a speaker for that program. And then we start all over again with the winter program. And we already have a speaker arranged for winter 2020. Nice. And you might know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. I think it's me. Wait, I think it's, it's me. you. We're so excited to have you come to Portland. We're really looking forward to it. I'm really excited to, to be coming and be able to speak to such a group. I think one of the things that is so compelling about the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon is that it really is at its most simple about people coming together to just celebrate and learn and share about plants. It, I'm sure there are other aspects to the mission that you can follow through the publication or through different garden tours or study weekends, but it's just really about being a plant nerd and loving to get together with other plant nerds. That's exactly right. We are plant nerds. But we do welcome all types of gardeners. Mm -hmm. Beginning gardeners, avid gardeners, landscape architects, nursery owners, we, we appeal to a wide range of people interested in gardening. Yeah. So it was founded in 1984. And how soon, and, and you say that was the, also the year of the first uh, study weekend, how soon was the signature publication starting to be published? Well, when I joined in 1990, they did have a, a monthly publication, but it's grown now into something full color. And but we, you know, are just always striving for that educational mission, providing information also about other organizations that have gardening things happening. There's also a weekly email blast that comes out on Thursday or Friday with tons of information about what's happening in the Hardy Plant Society and also other local gardening groups. And so how many times a year, well, first of all, what is the title of the publication? The Quarterly. And it's beautiful. I have seen it. and it I is. have Yeah, it's, it's a very good publication and certainly worth reading whether or not you garden in the Oregon area. A lot of in-depth information on specific plants written by plants people uh, from around the area and beyond, but mostly from the, the Oregon, Washington area. And profiles on gardens, profiles on gardeners, and as you say, profiles on other gardening organizations doing things of note. The and that is one of the sort of benefits of being a member. Is there any is there any way to subscribe to the publication without being just a member of the organization? Well that's a good question. I would encourage people to become members. Mm-hmm. And encourage you to become a member. Maybe we need to get you signed up too. <laughs> <laughs> It's thir it's thirty five dollars a year, and if it's two people in a household, it's forty dollars a year, and twenty five dollars a year for students. Nice. And besides the publication, then you also get uh, discounted tickets and first choice on some of the big events, and maybe free attendance at plant sales. How does that work? Yes, the plant sale. The spring one, the big one, Portlandia, 
there's there's no charge to attend. You just have to pay for parking. And, you know, that draws in a couple thousand people over a two-day event. It's, mm, it's really wonderful. Tell us again the dates of Hortlandia. Hortlandia is April 20th and 21st. Okay. And it's not the kind of thing as you, you don't need a reservation or a ticket. You just show up. You just show up. Get in line. <laughs> show up early. <laughs> <laughs> and then being a member, you would also get the email blast, which gives you more information on events or uh, content in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one thing I wanted to add about the Hardy Plant Society is, you know, it's a big membership. We do have an office with a wonderful horticultural lending library. So the office is staffed mid-morning to mid-afternoon from Tuesday through Friday. And there's a great board of directors, but what really helps make this organization work are the volunteers. So in speaking of Hortlandia, the big plant sale, I'm sure there's about 200 volunteers Mm. from the society that sign up for all the various jobs. And the advantage of being a volunteer is you get to come in early and shop. (laughs) (laughs) So I volunteer every year, both days. Nancy Goldman is an avid and accomplished gardener in Portland, Oregon. A decades-long member of the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon, she's sharing with us today more about how this plant society works and offers fun and educational programming and events for the benefit of its members and in the service of horticulture. We'll be right back after a break. Stay with us. Hey, it's me, Jennifer, with a little podcast break thinking out loud for you this week. I love how Nancy's garden is called Nancy Land. Does your garden have a name, officially or unofficially? I'm always sort of working on ideas for this, but generally it's something akin to beloved. That works for me. Nancy shared with me that her garden was featured in the July 2016 issue of Gardens Illustrated, The article was written by plantsman Noel Kingsbury, and the photographs were taken by Claire Takish. The article was reprinted in the spring 2017 issue of the Hardy Plant Society's The Quarterly. The feature and photographs highlight the deeply personal nature of Nancy's garden. Its colors, artistic mosaics, and other found object textures, and its plants. There's a lovely photo of Nancy on her back porch with the sign she mentioned in our interview, which reads in Latin, My garden kicks ass. There is both a sense of joy and a sense of pride in this space she loves and co-evolves with, which is how our gardens work at their best, right? And at our best. Nancy, a dedicated volunteer in this world, opens her garden to members of the HPSO throughout the year. These open days no doubt give her a schedule for implementing whatever new she's doing in or adding to her garden this year. I loved that about Nancy's gardening life too, that she consciously works to add or do something new in her garden every year. And that brings me to this. 
the personal growth and educational value of volunteering with your garden, in your garden, about your garden, within your gardening community. You can work a few hours helping to weed at your local public garden or conservatory. You can volunteer with a group like HPSO and learn from experienced plant people in areas you want to deepen your own knowledge or skills. Want to learn how to prune fruit trees or roses? You can volunteer with a group or professional who does these things in your community for even a few hours a month and you will learn on the job. There are thousands of ways to learn more about these things you love and help out the horticultural and nature-loving community of lifelong learners at the same time. We are all autodidacts at some level, so I'm all for leveling that up. Let us know if you take on a new project or commit to learning a new skill or about a new plant family this growing season. I'd love to share them on the program in our series in how we learn and grow as gardeners together. Send me a note, cultivatingplace at gmail.com, or as always, leave a comment on this week's episode posts on Instagram or Facebook. I'll be looking for them. Now, back to our conversation with Nancy Goldman of the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon, home of Hortlandia. This is Cultivating Place. I'm Jennifer Jewell. Today we're in our second episode of four, dedicated to the many forms of continuing and lifelong learning available to gardeners. We're joined in this by Nancy Goldman of the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon, based in Portland. Nancy has been a member of HPSO, as it's known, for close to 30 years, and she's an active advocate for its plant sales, garden tours, lecture series, and annual study weekends. This is all in the service of year-round, plant-driven, community-based learning. We're back after a break. Welcome. I was going to laugh when you said it is free to attend Portlandia because, of course, as you say, you have to pay for parking, but then you also have to be clear that once you're in there, if you're a hort head in any way, shape, or form, uh, you have to be prepared for how much money you really want to spend in any one day at such an event and have space in your car or or airplane bag to take what <laughs> you bought home. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it seems free, yeah. but uh, it, it plays to our... Um, greatest passions as well. Tell us a little bit about you as a gardener and and your earliest sort of influences in the kind of gardening and and gardener you are that led you to want to be part of such an organization in such a long-term committed way, Nancy. Well, I was born and raised in North Dakota, so a very different gardening environment. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this, and, you know, my mother always had a garden, a big vegetable garden. You know, you can really raise great tomatoes in North Dakota because of the heat there, the evening heat. And she would have the standard petunias and, you know, standard annual plants. And I was just always interested in it. I always liked the vegetable garden. And then I moved to Oregon oh, that was 50 years ago, believe it or not, and started my own little garden. 
And Oregon or Portland and Oregon, you know, is a great horticultural haven. Mm-hmm. There, there's so many great nurseries and just, you know, driving through the neighborhoods, fabulous gardens. And it just piqued my interest and I got involved and I got involved in a big way. <laughs> I'm also uh, on the program planning committee. And that's where we decide which people we'd like to invite to present to the organization. Mm. Mm. And so what, first of all, do you recall what planting zone you lived in in North Dakota? Oh, I would think it's like four or five. Mm-hmm. And what zone you're in in Portland, Oregon? Eight. <laughs> so the the... the the world opens up to you come zone eight or nine uh, as a as a plants person because we do get enough cold. I am a nine A, I think, in interior uh-huh. Northern California. We get enough cold that we can grow a lot of the hardier plants that you might want from the interior of the country, but we also get enough mild, long enough that we can grow so many things mm-hmm. that, that as a plant person you might dream of. Tell us a little bit about, well, well first of all, why did you, trans, you know, why did you relocate to Oregon? And, um, and then I want you to describe your garden for us. Why did I move to Oregon? Well, by that time when I graduated from high school, we had been living in Halleck, Minnesota, which is 10 miles from the Canadian border and 10 miles from the North Dakota border, so perhaps even colder. Mm -hmm. And my sister had moved to Oregon, and it just seemed like a good opportunity for me to do something different. Mm -hmm. So that's why I moved to Oregon. And tell us a little bit about your your current garden and uh, what kind of gardener you are there. Well, my garden's called Nancy Land. It's a little zany. Um, I don't think I've met a plant I didn't love. <laughs> I have a the other the co-chair I should say for the Hardy Plant Society Study Weekend is Lucy Hardiman, and she's a good friend and a local garden designer. And when I first we became acquainted, and when I first started working on my garden, she would give me great advice like you have to take out your front lawn. So it was <laughs> downhill from there. <laughs> or uphill. <laughs> So it, you know, I try to change something every year. It's kind of quirky. It's kind of zany. I love it when people come and really get it, that kind of understand my style of gardening. I would say it's a blousy garden. It's not low maintenance, and I really love it. I was out this morning looking at it. Yeah. When you say it's kind of zany, what... Give us a visual description of the kinds of plants that might characterize the, the the look and feel of your garden. Oh, I have so many plants if I even tried to tell you all of them. Um, well, I do have a pretty set color style for my garden. I don't do red, and I do very little blue. So it's got a lot of chartreuse and orange, and I really love pink. I love lilies. I have lots of clematis. I probably have about 12 or 15 clematis. Mm. 
But what I've added to it are some interesting elements, like I plant high heel shoes with sedums, and I have them in a shoe rack on my deck, which appeals to people. <laughs> so it's not that I put the high heel shoe in the ground. I plant it with sedums and other wonderful little plants. Mm -hmm. I have uh, hanging on a wall of my garage is a big metal ring, which I think used to be the lid of a great old garbage can or something, and in those uh, magnetic refrigerator magnets I have written, my garden kicks ass, <laughs> but it's written in Latin. <laughs> so I didn't want to offend anybody, but I tell everybody what it says. So it's just it's just got a lot of interesting things, and I have over 50 containers in the back. I love annuals, showy annuals, and it's the back is even kind of crazier than the front. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been in this garden? Oh, 30 years. Okay. And have you... It's totally, totally changed from what it was originally. Totally. Yeah. Over the 30 years you have been there, mm -hmm. when, we, when we sort of tie this back around to reimagining the garden, what have you experienced in the way of changes in, in your climate or in your hardiness um, or tolerance of plants to, to your site uh, that, that, that you've just observed? Oh, there have been a lot of changes not just with the environment, but so the garden started out quiet, and now it's become more boisterous. And of course, with the warmer weather, and we're assuming it's not going to get cooler, I've had to install a drip irrigation in the front, which is underground, so that really has help because I know I do water a lot. I'm going to admit it on air, but I want to keep all those plants growing and happy in their environment. Mm -hmm. How I don't know if I've really changed the style of plants or the, or the choice of them. I'm not very good at editing things out, so I just keep buying more and more. At what, what year did you feel the need to install the drip irrigation in the front, Nancy? I believe that was five years ago. And that is because just decreased annual precipitation or increased summer heat? We don't have that much rain in the summer. I mean, we can get some, but it's really a Mediterranean climate, so it's, it's quite dry. And because I have so many plants and ones that might need extra water or care, you know, just watering would take me two days to water the garden. Now that I have the irrigation in, it saves me time, and it also saves on water use because it's underground and it's a drip system. Right. So that was mostly a maintenance decision based on just efficiency for you, not necessarily a changing climate? I would say both. Okay. Both. You You mentioned that it is warmer, but at the same time, you guys have had some really hard winters 
these past couple of years where you've maybe lost some of your plants that didn't make that hardiness? Well, that's a good point. We had the last, not this year, but prior two or three years, we had, you know, mega snowstorms, ice storms, mm-hmm. ice storms sometimes lasting for weeks or coming back to back. Mm-hmm. And so has your garden expressed change with some of these more extremes? Yes. I have to be wiser about what I purchase in the future for the garden. Mm-hmm. Saying that, I still have plants I haven't planted from last summer. So <laughs> so is this the kind of thing, I, I think I'm, I'm asking these questions in part because I feel pretty strongly that as a gardener, my, you know, even an amateur home gardener, my ongoing kind of continuing education is important and it's groups like the Hardy Plant Society that I might belong to that help me be more resilient and informed about the kinds of plants that I am choosing and the kinds of maintenance techniques I am using to keep them happy with as few resources as I can. Is that your experience as well? Yes, I'd say that's very well said. And that's what the Hardy Plant Society is, you know, hoping to do in the future to make sure we look at what's happening with the environment in many different ways and planning appropriately to offer the best speakers on those subjects Mm -hmm. and information for all types of gardeners. Nancy Goldman is an avid and accomplished gardener in Portland, Oregon. A decades-long member of the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon, she's sharing with us today more about how this plant society works. We'll be right back after a break. Stay with us. where you garden in the Northern Hemisphere, or by what name you call that garden, it's mid-February, and the idea and reality of spring are separated by mere weeks now, just five weeks until the vernal equinox, and already the mornings are feeling just that much lighter. It's a season of early growth, sap rising. We have a lot of ideas budding here at Cultivating Place, and as we're midway through our first 2019 series on a specific garden topic, stay tuned for announcements about upcoming series and initiatives rolling out in March. And it's your support that nurtures these ideas to fruition. If you want to be a gardener to our garden community, you can make a tax-deductible donation by clicking the link at the top right-hand corner of any page at cultivatingplace.com and donating there. Your support in the form of a one-time gift or a recurring monthly donation makes these important conversations possible. Thank you so much in advance. Now, back to our conversation with Nancy Goldman of the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon. This is Cultivating Place. I'm Jennifer Jewell. Today we're in our second episode of four, dedicated to 
continuing education and lifelong learning available to gardeners. We're joined in this by Nancy Goldman of the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon. We're back after a break. Welcome. I would love to dig in a little bit once again to the upcoming study weekend in June. Uh, you had mentioned that the, the theme is gardening reimagined. And so Tom Fisher will be the first keynote speaker. Do you know what he will be speaking on? Yes, his title is Dreaming Deeper, a who's who of groundbreaking gardeners. And then on Saturday, you mentioned there were three speakers. Could you tell us a little bit about each of them and what they will be covering? Yes. Patrick Kalina is a landscape designer and has a business in Manhattan and was actually involved in the New York High Line, New York City High Line. And he'll be talking about the role of landscapes in transforming communities. When you say, so the role of landscapes in transforming communities, I love the sound of that. And I would guess you will hear some really interesting anecdotes about the High Line and the way it has brought people together and connected different neighborhoods of the city in some ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his description, it says a presentation exploring a range of strategies that integrate environmental interests with our shared cultural experiences Mm. and examines the impacts that the creative uses of plants can have on our lives. Now, doesn't that sound great? That sounds great. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And then Leslie Bennett? Leslie Bennett is an Oakland-based landscape architect, and she's co-author of the beautiful Edible Garden book, and she'll talk about the use of edibles in the garden, which is something a lot of people are very interested in. Especially used ornamentally or integrated Mm -hmm. throughout instead of segregated into a vegetable garden, and I think... Right. Yeah, that the, the topic of sort of food forests or the kind of permaculture approach to a landscape is is very much of the moment and um, has a lot of benefits that we can all all learn from. Yeah. And then Kelly North is going to help us reimagine the perennial palette. He's an author and plantsman from Iowa, director of the Horticultural and Education of horticulture and education at the Greater Des Moines Botanical Garden. And he has a recent book also, Plants with Style. Mm. And he's a young, one of the young ones. (laughs) Yeah. Doing great things. And so, and then on Sunday, you have Claire Takish, who will be speaking about garden photography and gardens around the world. And who was the final speaker? Dr. Linda Chalker Scott, and her title is Natives or Non-Native Plants, Using Good Plant Science to Make Good Choices. She has a PhD in horticulture from Oregon State University, but she's currently a professor at Washington State University's Department of Horticulture. And she's she's written many, many books also, an award-winning writer. So one of the things that's clear to me is that the perspectives that people are going to be learning about and from 
um, throughout the study weekend are not just mild climate, Pacific Coast, Mediterranean climate perspective. They are from all over the country, representing some of the cutting edge thinking and trends in horticulture right now. You said that very well. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly what we're hoping to do and provide for everyone who's able to attend. Now, the study weekend doesn't always take place in Portland. Give me a background on some of the other places that it has taken place and some of the other themes it has explored. Oh, that was in Seattle last year, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the theme. I remember being green with envy as friends sent me photographs uh, over, you know, text or on social media saying, and then I saw this and then this and I heard this speaker. So it was, um, it definitely piqued my curiosity. And Jimmy Blake was one of the speakers and his sister June Blake from, they're both from Ireland. And we became great friends and he was in Portland in the last three weeks and He's just a great guy. And so I'm working on, with along with my friend Lucy, planning a tour to Ireland for 2020. So he's been a great resource. And I don't think I said that. I know we were talking about study weekend, but Hardy Plant also offers a wide range of tours in the U.S. and international tours. Hmm. And... People can find out more about these at the website, but what give us a little rundown of tours you have happening uh, in 2019 and, and 2020 that would still maybe be available for people to look at? Well, I know that there is still space available for September 2019 for the Berlin and Beyond Garden Tour, and there are, there's also space in the New Zealand tour a couple spaces. But everything, well, everything else is basically filled for this year. They are very popular. Lucy and I offered a tour to Bainbridge Island, and it filled up in a minute. Wow. So if you, you need to be a member to go on one of the tours, that's easily done. Just go to the website, Hardy Plant Society website, and become a member. And have your computer ready so that you can press that button and register when when it opens mm-hmm. at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> 9 a.m. Pacific time on a Saturday. Right. And we have people from all over the U.S. that attend, mostly Oregonians. But And the 2020 tours, the Ireland one sounds fabulous. Anybody would want to see June or Jimmy Blake's gardens. Um, incredibly accomplished plants people and wonderful personalities. I haven't met June, but I have met Jimmy and heard him speak, and he is um, really great. Very both um, engaging and funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and he seems to be doing a great deal of work with sort of the idea of climate change and um, resilient planting with a really diverse plant palette. And he's a wonderful, at, at least, at very least, salvia expert. Oh, yeah. His, his photos of salvias when he spoke last year at study weekend were just divine. When Hardy Plant Society creates a tour... 
what do attendees look forward to um, beyond visiting these gardens? Are there study guides? Is there in-depth information and sharing? Or is it mostly just travel? Well, it's basically travel, but it's travel about gardening. And someone from the Hardy Plant Society who plans the tour is also there with the participants. There's also, if it's international, there would be an in-country guide. And it's just a great, great time to spend, you know, intensive. It's all gardening. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't, you know, we do see historical and geographical sites, too. So it's a great opportunity to see a part of the world focused on gardening, but much, much more. Exactly. Because, of course, the garden brings us all of those things. It brings us history. It brings us geography. It brings us Mm -hmm. geology. It brings us different Mm -hmm. climates and plant palettes and pollinator groups and everything. So, um you know, when you when you look back at your 30 years in your garden, your just about 30 years with Hardy Plant Society, mm-hmm. what do you think, what, do, what would you say are the important benefits of being part of a plant group that is focused both on building community but also on educating ourselves more deeply. Well, it is all about, I guess it's all about the people and the plants. I mean, it's an organization of people who are very sharing, want to learn about gardening, want to share what they know about gardening, want to look at gardens together. And then it's the educational part that's just as important. So those those two are the things that, that are really what Hardy Plant is all about the Hardy Plant Society. Gardening's gardeners coming together and you've probably experienced this when you're on a tour or visiting a garden and there's a lot of other people there and you just focus on a plant like what is that and you know it can become a half hour discussion. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's a really fun part of it. Yeah. And do you see in your in your time and in you know this these many branches of the Hardy Plant Society's work, what do you think are the bigger impacts in our world of groups like this getting more information out into the world or or coming together? Well, you know, gardeners are fun, <laughs> wonderful people that want to share the information. And we kind of do have an obligation to give the right information and help people learn about new plants and new ways to grow them. And we have lots of resources on our website for all types of information. It's, it's you know, an obligation, and we think very seriously about it, providing opportunities for gardeners. But... It also is a, a fun, great group of people. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage anyone interested in joining a gardening organization, even if it's the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon, you'll still get a great amount of 
wonderful information. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think back to what you um, read to us as the, the byline for the society, which was gardeners growing together. Mm-hmm. And then I think about you moving to to Portland and meeting Lucy Hardiman and starting to work on your garden, which has now changed and morphed over time. And the one of the first things Lucy saying was, we need to get rid of your front lawn. And the upcoming study weekend and people like um, Patrick Kalina coming and t- talking about, you know, really some innovative adaptation in planting environments. Mm-hmm. You know, just the High Line itself is such an intriguing concept and has had so many interesting uh, implications and ripple effects out into our gardening community. And I am, am just so hopeful about the the impact that gardeners trying to be um, to, to learn and to grow and to understand because it's not a destination, just like our gardens aren't destinations, right? They are they are kind of living relationships of growing and learning and sharing. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a destination, but a journey. And when you you said that, it made me think of another thing that gardeners offer. So when I'm out in my garden and uh, someone in the neighborhood walks by, you know, they, they will stop and say, I love your garden. So it's getting more people interested. Mm-hmm. An example is I we call the area between the sidewalk and street the hell strip. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. I am. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did my hell strip. And then my neighbor, who's a gardener, she did her health strip. But now there's like five or six in a row on our block. So, and those aren't, those aren't, I would say, avid gardeners, those other neighbors, but they've embraced it. And the neighbors across the street are, oh, there, I think there's three young women that live there and they have, they took out the front lawn and have this amazing vegetable garden. Mm. So it... It kind of grows on everybody, you know. They see a garden, they may not be a gardener, they become interested, and then it just snowballs from there. And we and we, we need to protect our environment, and gardening is a great way to do it. And I just think about those three hell strips in a row then becoming, you know, kind of contagious within the community, and you just think about the, the water that is able to then infiltrate down into the ground instead of running off into the storm water mm-hmm. drainage and the little tiny pieces of habitat that put all together make a difference in a city for migrating birds or pollinators. And it, it really, I, I say this all the time on the program, but we as a group of people, people who garden whether or not you're you know, rabid about it and have to be at Hortlandia at six o'clock in the morning to line up, or whether it's just something you do a couple of times a month, it makes a big difference in our world in all these different ways. And it brings so many people together 
all across the world. Yeah. You know, going to see gardens. Not everyone can go to see a garden in Ireland. But, you know, we've done tours in Washington State, and we're planning one to Canada. And we're not the only organization that does that. But, you know, it just it's just a great, great way to bring people together and to learn more. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I'm... I'm looking forward to seeing you in Portland when you come next winter for a hardy plant speaker. So we're very pleased about that. I would like to let people know if they're interested in the Hardy Plant Society to check the website, hardyplantsociety.org, or call or email. And if you're interested in being a member, it's easy to do and we're a very welcoming group and would just and, and we're looking forward to new faces at at this study weekend thank you very much for being a guest on the program today it is been a pleasure to speak with you and there will be lots of photographs and more information on today's show notes for people to follow up on Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Portland area gardener Nancy Goldman is an avid gardener and an active member of the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon. She's served in various leadership roles within the large and thriving society of plant lovers and self-described hortheads throughout the years. The HPSO organizes and hosts many programs and annual outreach efforts year-round to help members and guests gather together and grow, including publishing a lovely full-color magazine entitled the HPSO Quarterly. The Hardy Plant Society of Oregon is a shining example of the many, many versions of plant societies and garden clubs in cities and communities around the country, working to collectively learn and spread the knowledge of horticulture, simultaneously encouraging and amplifying our own deep human connection to plants. Nancy joined us today from the studios of Oregon Public Broadcasting in Portland. Some of us learn best by example, as apprentices or students in practicums. Others of us learn by reading, research, and then trial and error. Still others of us learn by teaching, and others still by listening and thinking, and then trying. Whatever way you learn best, I want to encourage all of us to follow our internal inclinations and curiosities and dig in. Attend a lecture, check out that book from the library, or attend that class at your local nursery on winter pruning or how to plant bare root fruit trees. Sign up for a symposium and gather with your planty people. It's a healthy dose of winter chlorophyll supplement we all benefit from. What's your best learning method? And what do you have lined up in the way of continuing education for yourself this winter season? I'd love to hear. Send us a note, cultivatingplace at gmail.com, or make a comment on the weekly social media posts at Instagram and Facebook. I'd love to share how other people are learning in this winter season. 
And join us again next week as the conversations on garden variety lifelong learning continue when we're joined by Lindsay Lusher Shoot of the National Young Farmers Coalition, an education and advocacy organization building a bright and just future for U.S. agriculture and educating cultivators of all kinds in the process. There are so many ways people engage in and grow from the cultivation of their places. Cultivating Place is a listener-supported co-production of North State Public Radio. For more information and many photos from the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon and Nancy's Home Garden, see this week's episode notes at cultivatingplace.com. Thank you to everyone who makes this program possible. Our producer is Sarah Bohannon. Our engineer is Sky Schofield. Original theme music is by Ma Muse, accompanied by Joe Craven and Sam Bevan. Cultivating Place is distributed nationally by PRX, Public Radio Exchange. Until next week, enjoy the cultivation of your place. I'm Jennifer Jewell.